My name is John Machada, and this is the Gunpowder Plot Show, also known as the Guy Fox Podcast. And by that sound, you know that this is an episode of the Wednesday Night Special. It's been a little while. I'm excited. I don't know about you, with my whispery voice, because everybody is kind of sort of in bed. I think I just heard my daughter running around upstairs, <laughs> so I had to wait a minute. Um, we're going to finish it up tonight. Three protocols, protocol 22, 23, and 24, taking care of all three of them. So the, uh, the length of time that it's been since my last protocol, um, I'll take care of it all tonight. Um, yeah, let's just get right to it. Protocol number 22, first paragraph. In all that has so far been reported by me to you, I haven't devoured. Mm. To depict with care the secret of what is coming, of what is past, and of what is going on now, rushing into the flood of the great events coming already in the near future. The secret of our relations to the Goyim and of financial operations. On this subject, there remains still a little for me to add. Much of the next three chapters, I don't want to say they're going to be terribly the same, but essentially what he's saying here is just that, you know, he's got a bit more to say. And it's, this really could have been tackled all in one protocol, but I assume, like, each one of these was just a meeting. They eat dinner, I don't know, maybe they do an eyes wide shut type situation afterwards. And, um... You know, a little talking about some shit in between. Any hizzle. Paragraph two. In our hands is the greatest power of our day. Gold. In two days, we can procure from our storehouses any quantity we may please. So, they're admitting here, gold, i.e. money, is the source of their power. Man, it really feels like there's like a... I don't know, some kind of sinister plan that came that was coming to fruition within two days. So this is protocol 22. If they're doing one protocol per day, then protocol 24 would have been the day of fruition for them to garner all of the gold that they could possibly need for this endeavor. Paragraph three. Surely there is no good need... Sorry. Surely there is no need to seek further proof that our rule is predestined by God. Surely we shall not fail with such wealth to prove that all the evil which for so many centuries we have had to commit has served at the end of, at the end of ends the cause of true well-being, the bringing of everything into order. Though it may be even by the exercise of some violence, Yet all the same, it will be established. We shall contrive to prove that we are benefactors who have restored to the rent and mangled earth the true good and also freedom of the person. 
and therewith we shall enable it to be enjoyed in peace and quiet, with proper dignity of relations, on the condition, of course, of strict observance of the laws established by us. We shall make plain therewith that freedom does not consist in dissipation, and in the right of unbridled license any more than the dignity and force of a man do not consist in the in the right for everyone to promulgate destructive principles and the nature of freedom of conscience equally and like the freedom of the person in no wise consists in the right to agitate oneself and others by abominable speeches before disorderly mobs and that true freedom consists in the inviolability of the person who honorably and strictly observes all the laws of life in common, that human dignity is wrapped up in consciousness of the rights and also of the absence of rights of each, and not wholly and solely in fantastic imaginings about the subject of one's ego. It seems like delusion, if I'm being honest, and um, and it'll can kind of continue and it has continued i mean it's been a somewhat of a theme throughout these protocols this delusion um that they are predestined by god to be the rulers of the earth they do admit to their evil here and that is important it's important to note that they admit to their evil that they have committed evil <clears throat> I could make the claim that throughout the Old Testament, and this is in contrast to what they're saying, that they're the chosen ones, right? And maybe there's some blind delusion, if that makes sense, um, of these people who um, singularly may have come together, a few families um, of Jewish blood, that they claim Judaism over those who didn't come together with them and therewith they are claiming to be the Jews where they'll sacrifice the rest who aren't with them kind of a crazy notion I would argue <clears throat> but among maniacs and, on, and uh, opportunists never underestimate that anywho they admit to their evil uh, but believe that the ends justify the means. They also think uh, everything will be better when they rule and their enemies are defeated and enslaved or dead. Um, they state that freedom does not consist of freedom and rights, uh, but under their rule and laws. Paragraph 4, and this is the end of Protocol 22. See what I mean? They're, they're all pretty pretty short, um, especially Protocol 22 and 23. Uh, 24 is just a lot of small paragraphs. So anyway, to end Protocol 4, here's, um, I'm sorry, Protocol 22, here's Paragraph 4. Our authority will be glorious because it will be all-powerful, will rule and guide and not muddle along after leaders and orators, shrieking themselves hoarse with senseless words, which they call great principles, and which are nothing else to speak honestly but utopian.
Our authority will be the crown of order, and in that is included the whole happiness of man. The aureole of this authority will inspire a mystical bowing of the knee before it, and a reverent fear before it of all the peoples. True force makes no terms with any right, not even with that of God. None dare come near to it so as to take so much as a span from it away. As I said before, it's just more delusion. And I do wonder what they mean by saying that true force is more powerful than God. I wonder what they mean in that. See, this is the disconnect that I think that's within here. And what would lead me to believe that they are Luciferians. This is the Illuminati. Don't get it twisted. This is the Illuminati. They are Luciferians. We know that much. And I think this is a... This is a glimpse into that ideology. The true force that they speak of would be Lucifer, the devil. Um, and they argue here that is, it's more powerful than God. So that's the end of protocol number 22. Protocol number 23. Oh, and by the way, protocol 22 was titled Power of Gold. Protocol 23, Instilling Obedience. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun, right? Paragraph 1. That the peoples may become accustomed to obedience, it is necessary to inculcate lessons of humility and therefore to reduce the production of articles of luxury. By this we shall improve morals which have been debased by emulation in the sphere of luxury. We shall re-establish small, small master production, which will mean laying a mine under the private capital of manufacturers. This is indispensable also for the reason that manufacturers on the grand scale often move, though not always consciously, the thoughts of the masses and directions against the government. A people of small masters know nothing of unemployment, and this binds him closely with existing order, and consequently with the firmness of authority. Unemployment is a most perilous thing for a government. I'll read that again. Unemployment is a most perilous thing for a government. For us, it, its part will have been played out by the moment authority is transferred into our hands. Drunkenness will also be prohibited by law and punishable as a crime against the humanness of man who is turned into a brute under the influence of alcohol. What a bunch of fuddy-duddies. It just, it just, <laughs> what do you think this sounds like? Not just that it sounds like it, but this is socialism transferred into communism. They're stating here that they want to indoctrinate with laws and take away personal property of any sort because it corrupts the human. Or the man. <sighs> they state here luxury has destroyed morality. And they intend to destroy the private sector. Because the private sector leads to anti-government. Why do you think the United States has been so kick-ass? And 
the more that we go away from the private sector, the more that we go towards um, more government, the shittier it gets. And as I said, um, they stated here, unemployment makes people anti-government. I wonder why. Also, at the end of this, they want to reinstate prohibition. As I said, a bunch of fuddy-duddies. Paragraph 2. Subjects, I repeat once more, give blind obedience only to the strong hand which is absolutely independent of them. For in it, they feel the sword, the sword, the sword, the sword of defense and support against social scourges. What do they want with an uh, angelic spirit and a king? What they have to see in him is the personification of force and power. So, essentially what they're saying here, people will follow strength, i.e. a strong government, for security. You know the saying, those who would sacrifice liberty for security deserve neither. Hmm. Paragraph 3. The Supreme Lord, who will replace all now existing rulers, dragging on their existence among societies demoralized by us, Interesting. I'll read that again. The Supreme Lord, who will replace all now existing rulers, dragging on their existence among societies demoralized by us. Societies that have denied even the authority of God, from whose midst breaks out on all sides the fire of anarchy, must first of all proceed to quench this all-devouring flame. Therefore, he will be obliged to kill off those existing societies, though he should drench them with his own blood, that he may resurrect them again in the form of regular, regularly organized troops fighting consciously with every kind of infection that may cover the body of the state with sores. So, they admit to their part in pushing society to be atheist, uh, they'll have to essentially backtrack to do cleanup uh, to go forward, which sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and they'll have to kill off the old society in that. And I believe here they're also admitting that they'll have to sacrifice their own. I don't know if it's just I'm too conscious of or I don't know if I want to say too conscious or too thoughtful of what's going on now. Of course, who who could blame me and who wouldn't be uh, for the past, what, year, almost two years, year and a half. Uh, but when they state here, every, quote unquote, every kind of infection, it just makes me keep thinking of COVID. But maybe that's just practice <laughs> what we've been practicing for the past year and a half. Anyway, paragraph four. This chosen one of God is chosen from above to demolish the senseless forces moved by instinct and not reason, by brutishness and not humanness. These forces now triumph and manifestations of robbery and every kind of violence under the mask of principles of freedoms and rights. They have overthrown all forms of social order to erect on the ruins the throne of the king of the Jews, 
but their part will be played out the moment he enters into his kingdom. Then it will be necessary to sweep them away from his path, on which must be left no knot, no splinter. Okay, this kind of sounds like something pretty familiar that we've heard before. The Jewish prophecy of the Messiah, maybe, but not Jesus. Um, he will, they state here, he will demolish all of our societies. Why wouldn't we join up with him, right? <laughs> Fuck. Um, again, more delusion. Uh, <clears throat> after, as I'm rereading Isaiah, because I went on, I was reading three chapters out of each of the four canonical books, and then I made it through all four rather quickly. I think the quickest I ever have, and obviously I should have. Uh, and then I went back to one out of the four canonical books, one out of Revelation, and then one out of Old Testament prophecy, which would be Isaiah. Um, and again, it's just so cool to reread it and to see these prophecies and then to see them fulfilled in the four canonical books. Um, it's uh, it's just cool to see it. But in uh, what they're saying here, I mean, it is, you know, the one crying in the desert makes straight the paths of the Lord. That almost sounds like that's what they're saying here, right? Then it will be necessary to sweep them away from his path on which he must be left, no knot, no splinter. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too far into it. Paragraph 5, and this is the last paragraph of Protocol 23. Then will it be possible for us to say to the peoples of the world, give thanks to God and bow the knee before him who bears on his front the seal of the predestination of man, to which God himself has led his star, that none other but he might free us from all the before-mentioned forces and evils. I just don't see God purposely making people sin to then destroy them. And I guess that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier. In the Old Testament, God did give orders to take out entire civilizations like the Canaanites. But that was after 400 years of these people sinning on their own and, and being told by the Jews not to do the things that they were doing. And in fact, to distance themselves from the Canaanites and to tell them to leave them alone. Including the prophets from as much as I can tell. Because what the can the biggest I mean the, the biggest takeaway that at least I have from the Canaanites was that they were sacrificing I don't know if it was necessarily their firstborn I kind of feel like it was their firstborn sacrificing their babies on the altar to Moloch um, where the baby would burn to death but in that case these people were sinners of every kind. And they were sinning against God's will through everything that's being described through these protocols and what they've admitted in, um, what was it, paragraph 23? I mean, I just fucking read it. You'd imagine that I'd have a good enough memory. No, paragraph 22. 
Yeah, paragraph 22. I'm sorry, protocol 22, paragraph 3. They admit to their evil. They admit to being the ones that caused it, that turned people, that came in and injected sin in order to make us fall. That's not God. That sounds a hell of a lot more like the deceiver, the accuser, the tempter. Right? But anyway, uh, this last paragraph, pretty straightforward. <clears throat> and that's the end of paragraph 23. I'll go into paragraph 24. I'm sorry. Lord, protocol 23. I'll go into protocol 24, titled Qualities of the Ruler. So this is the end. This is what they're describing as their utopia. With their benevolent ruler, i.e. the devil. Paragraph 1. And as I said, all these paragraphs are very, very... I mean, they're like one sentence. Some are two. Anyhow, paragraph 1. I pass now to the method of confirming the dynastic roots of King David to the last strata of the earth. This is the method. Paragraph 2. This confirmation will first and foremost be included in that in which, to this day, has rested the force of conservatism by our learned elders of the conduct of all the affairs of the world and the directing of the education of thought of all humanity. This is confirmation through education, or through educating all community, or sorry, all humanity. Paragraph three: Certain members of the seed of David will prepare the kings and their heirs, selecting not by right of heritage, but by eminent capacities, inducting them into the most secret mysteries of the political, into schemes of government, but providing always that none may come to knowledge of the secrets. The object of this mode of action is that all may know that government cannot be entrusted to those who have not been inducted into the secret places of its art. Okay, so they're talking about, you know, forces chosen to infiltrate, I guess, I don't think that's the word, um, and keep their plan a secret, be taught, you know, to... Uh, it what it wouldn't it's not just going to come down through the airs it's not just going to come down um as we have known kings in the past that you know it goes to their children and then to their children and to their children i mean you can look through the old testament to see that one way or the other it didn't always go that way some kings were good some kings were bad it doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes i suppose but um i would assume that they're trying to rectify that um by not necessarily allowing for the next ruler to be that of an heir, but rather by somebody that they have molded into <clears throat> what it is that they want in a ruler. And that will kind of come, come into fruition later on in, in these uh, paragraphs. Um, paragraph four. To these persons only will be taught the practical application of the aforenamed plans by comparison of the experiences of many centuries. All the observations on the political, economic moves and social sciences. In a word, all the spirit of laws which have been unshakably established by nature herself for the regulation of the relations of humanity. 
basically they're the only ones um, that will be taught their potent plans. Paragraph 5. Direct heirs will often be set aside from ascending the throne if in their time of training they exhibit, exhibit frivolity, softness, and other quality, qualities that are the ruin of authority, which render them incapable of governing and in themselves dangerous for kingly office. So any of their heirs that show weakness will be, quote-unquote, set aside. I wonder if it's like 300. <laughs> like, like they used to uh, throw the, the deformed babies into a pit. Uh, paragraph 6. Only those who are unconditionally capable for firm, even if it be too cruel, direct rule, will receive the reins of rule from our learned elders. So the learned elders are going to be the ones that mold them. Kind of like uh, Joffrey. It's, it's just kind of what it reminds me of. So essentially, only the strong will be gifted authority. Paragraph 7. In case of falling sick with weakness of will or other form of incapacity, kings must by law hand over the reins of rule to new and capable hands. So, if showing weakness of any sort, kings must relinquish their power to someone stronger. Which, again, goes back to Game of Thrones, and it makes me think of, uh, I can't remember his name. The dude that played uh, Aquaman. Anyways, paragraph 8. The king's plans of action for the current moment, and all the more so for the future, will be unknown, even to those who are called his closest counselors. This one I kind of screwed up as I was explaining it, or breaking it down. Um, but the, basically the king's, obviously as they say here, the king's plans will be unknown to everyone, including his closest counselors. I basically just reread that. Um, it'll become a little clearer in the next couple of paragraphs who uh, it will be known to. So paragraph nine, only the king and obviously right here, only the king and the three who stood sponsor for him will know what is coming. So who are these three sponsors? Paragraph 10, and the person of the king and the person of the king who with unbending will is master of himself and of humanity, all will discern as it were fate with its mysterious ways. None will know what the king wishes to attain by his dispositions, and therefore none will dare to stand across an unknown path. Okay, what? Um, everyone will treat the king's orders as fate, is what I think they're saying here. And... As they say here, no one will cross the king because they won't know his plans. What? I, I don't get that one. I, maybe it made sense to them in their head before they wrote it down, and then it still made sense after they wrote it down. I, did they say it out loud? <laughs> did anybody go, that doesn't make fucking sense. What did he just say? Dude, I would fuck up somebody even if I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't give a fuck. He looks like I could kick his ass. I don't give a shit. Let's see what happens. And then, you know, maybe it might turn out that um, you're fighting Hoist Gracie. <laughs> and, oh, shit. Um, paragraph 11. 
it is understood that the brain reservoir of the king must correspond in capacity to the plan of government it has to contain. It is for this reason that he will ascend the throne not otherwise than after examination of his mind by the aforesaid learned elders. So the king's mind and that of the rest of the government will be one, because he will have been examined by them to have been fit to be king in the first place. Interesting. These fucking elders, man. Paragraph 12. That the people may know and love their king, it is indispensable for him to converse in the marketplaces with his people. This ensures the, necess the necessary clenching of the two forces, which are now divided one from another by us, by the terror. So, it's a weird paragraph, but here they're stating that the king must talk with the people in the marketplaces. So, just fucking get out and talk to everybody. Um, so that they'll know him, so that they'll love him and follow follow him and give him their support because even they understand that the people can fuck it all up. If the people decide this guy's a fucking psychopath, they might come up and kick him in the nuts and take his shit. But the, the problem that I had, not problem, the thing that I don't know what the fuck they're talking about here is quote-unquote by us, by the terror. There's no comma there. There should be. By us, comma, by the terror, but there isn't. And I don't know what they mean by that. By the terror. Maybe the fear of authority? Hmm. And they're the authority? Hmm. 13. This terror was indispensable for us till the time comes for both these forces separately to fall under our influence. Okay, so again, quote-unquote, the terror was useful until they could come into power to take control of it. Paragraph 14. The king of the Jews must not be at the mercy of his passions, and especially of sensuality. On no side of his character must he give brute instincts power over his mind. Sensuality, worse than all else, disorganizes the capacities of the mind and clearness of views, distracting the thoughts to the worst and most brutal side of human activity. This is sad. <laughs> um, the king, as they say here, must not fall to his carnal instincts slash temptations, all for strength of mind, essentially saying that sex is the worst temptation of all because it corrupts the mind of man. So why are they all such perverts? <laughs> why are all like the fucking Epstein and, and uh, all this shit from like, as I said earlier, the eyes wide shut parties and the, the elites. Why are they such fucking perverts? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why do they have to constantly keep trying to have sex with kids and shit? If they know this, if they know that sex corrupts the mind and they're going to make this king not be able to have any sex. Oh, yeah, that'll go. That'll go by great. Because I know when I don't have sex um, or even, you know, an orgasm, I'm just the nicest of people. Paragraph 15, the prop of humanity 
in the person of the Supreme Lord of all the world of the Holy Seed of David must sacrifice to his people all personal inclinations. This really sounds like a shitty job, if I'm being honest. They're saying here that the king must sacrifice all of his desires for his people. Okay, so you're telling me that that the king is going to get all of his satisfaction from his people being just okay? <laughs> Let me know how that goes for you. Last paragraph, short sentence of all of the protocols, and then we're finished. Our supreme lord must be of an exemplary irreproachability. So they want their ruler, which is so weird because they talk about how he, once he reaches, if he gets to a point where he shows any weakness whatsoever, he must be handed off or the, the, the his power must be handed off. So therefore, this isn't necessarily the Antichrist nor the devil, but human beings. And each one must be perfect. They're, they're expecting for a human being to possess the ability to be irreproachable and exemplary. They haven't apparently studied human beings very well. It sounds like a failure. However, they're striving for it. And they have been for quite some time. That's what these protocols are all about. And they are coming to fruition right now. Right before our very eyes. And I have showed you with many of these protocols where they are coming true. And it is very fucking scary. Because these few people, quote unquote elites, and they're not, by the way. I hate hearing people call call anybody in government our ruling elites in any country. Because they're not. Because they even admit it here. That if the people only knew... They only found out. I might have joked around saying it, but it's the truth. We'll walk up, kick him in the nuts, and take his shit. Because we have the power to do that. And here in the United States, while why our government was supposed to be number one, why for a very long time we were, and it's okay to be happy with that, because we were the beacon of freedom, was that our government was supposed to be subject to us and not the other way around. And that's what we need to restore in this country. And that's what all countries need to have. All people across the world, if you're listening to me in another country, that's what you deserve to have. And I'll end on that. I hope that you've enjoyed my breakdown of the protocols of the wise men of Zion. I've enjoyed doing it. And... From here on out, I'm just going to have to figure out some other stuff to do, which I've been working on. So hopefully I can do some more. And I kind of have a feeling that at some point in the future, I'm going to break these down again, maybe a little bit more professionally, hopefully. So until next time, be accountable, be responsible, don't be a liberal. <laughs>